You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey, your break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the Southern University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. I'm Jamie Arrington. Here with me as always, Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Um, getting prepared for this hurricane to come through i sure hope it stays uh stays away we hope we stay on the on the right quadrant of that thing but um yeah got some sandbags out <laughs> got uh got some beer in the fridge uh got all my uh chargers uh ready to go and you know hopefully it doesn't get too bad but um i'm, I'm as prepared as i can be it looks like it's just sitting there churning right now i mean five, five miles per hour yeah it's 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 pretty brutal and then you've got the uh you know, it, it tracked off a little further east today. Are they, you know, they really don't know because it's kind of jumping around. They've kind of got the cone anywhere from basically anywhere on the Mississippi or um, Alabama coastline is, is kind of where they have the, the cone right now. So even if it doesn't get us a, a direct hit here in Hattiesburg, it's definitely going to affect some of our fans and some of our listeners. So hopefully everybody can stay dry and, and make it through this thing okay. And um, hopefully be at the rock uh, this saturday for some southern miss football you know this is a this is a definitely a 2020 problem uh you know where we have louisiana tech coming in and they're having some COVID issues and uh, we have a brand new coaching staff and on game week we're probably going to have about three straight days where we can't practice <laughs> right so, you know i guess it all comes out in the wash pun intended well you know they um, they the team usually takes uh monday's they usually don't have practice on Mondays, I don't think. Or somehow they re- or they rearrange practice schedule this week to try to get all the practices in. So I'm not 100%. I'm not a good source. Even though we're we're considered a source for Southern Miss athletic information, I, I really am not 100% on that. But I feel like they practice today. I know they practice today. And I don't think I know they, they did something do. today because I saw Scotty on there just going like fedora on steroids crazy with this clapping thing. Did you see that? I did. And they said, all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the, love you know, it, that, man. Love it. We kind of talked about this week. So, you know, as we talked about last week, we have a new interim head coach, Scotty Walden. And, you know, we really – you don't know what the team is going to look like on Saturday, but you can definitely – there's definitely a different feel about the team. There's a different feel about the, the culture around the program now. You know, there's a lot more you, – you're seeing a lot more tweets and videos from the from the football team in the athletic department. You've got Scotty, you know, doing his own videos, um, using the hashtag unity is the secret. And then the phrase fearless, fast, and physical, which is which is, you know, almost – Larry Fedora's catchphrase, smart, fast, and physical. Um, So you could kind of see a little bit of that uh, up-tempo. And I know they've shortened the the amount of time in practice down to two hours and uh, just trying to cram everything in there. You can definitely see that faster pace that we were accustomed, a little more accustomed to. Yeah, I I think that's the one thing that you can change right off the bat is the tempo. And, um, well, I I guess on top of that, just just the – excitement level um 
And boy, it sure hadn't taken much, has it? I mean, just how, how long have we been clamoring for something like this? Just something to hold on to, something positive, something just to get you pumped up, to get you ready to run through that wall. And uh, and heck, man, we've we've had people. I know I've had people texting me that are thinking about coming to game, thinking about buying season tickets, and you know, this is after a loss. So that's you know, I I don't want to bang on the past leadership here, but. What they're doing now, it, it, it seems like it should have been being done for quite a while now. It's just, yeah, it's just a different feel. And then, you know, there's some fun things. Like Scotty tweeted out on, I believe it was Saturday, he said the first 50 people to visit Ed's burger joint and say Southern Miss to the top will receive a free bowl of ice cream. And, you know, that's, that's, that's very minuscule in the grand scheme of things, but it is engaging. It is engaging for the fans. You know, it's something to get people you know, excited about Southern Miss. I, I was, I drove by there. I thought about popping in and just doing it, even though I knew I didn't need the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think stuff like that. And then, then Jeremy McLean, they brought an ice cream truck out to practice, videotape that, put that out there as content, you know? So, uh, oh, and then I almost forgot they announced 11 Brothers, which is going to be kind of like a behind the scenes, almost like a little internet reality show series, similar to what they did with Rise. And mm-hmm. that, that's right. something that we haven't had in quite some time. So all these things are kind of generating buzz, generating a little bit of enthusiasm. Um, regardless of whether or not it translates onto the field on Saturday, there's definitely a different feel about the program this week than there has been in quite some time. Yep, and that's a great thing. I mean, something to look forward to. I mean, what does John Cox always say? Something to do, something to love, something to hope for? <laughs> uh, well, I guess now we have something to get excited about. And you mentioned the coaching staff, and there were some changes uh, in the past week. Of course, obviously, uh, interim head coach now is Scotty Walden, moving from that wide receiver coach position. Reed Stringer, who had been moved to the defense, is back to tight end coach, which is where he was last year. Tim Billings was coaching tight ends. He's back coaching the nickelbacks on the defense, uh, which is where he's been the past few years. And then you have uh, Kelvin Bolden, former Golden Eagle, wide wide receiver here at Southern Miss, He's been an uh, uh, offensive quality uh, analyst. He is promoted to wide receivers coach, taking Scotty's place. And then we have Brandon Butcher, who is a who was a defensive quality uh, coach. Is he's being moved to an assistant defensive backs coach. So we've got those. We've had those changes, and we also had uh, recruiting coordinator Paul Ganella is no longer with the team. Um, don't really know the circumstances there. Don't really want to harp on it too much, uh, but it's gotten a little weird with Paul on Twitter. I hope everything's okay with him, um, but he is no longer with the team, and that that gives us another spot on the coaching staff to be able to promote, you know, Brandon Butcher and uh, Kelvin Bolden. And of all those people that you just mentioned, um, you know, I, I'm I'm partial to to Coach Bolden, of course. I mean, he's he stopped by the tailgate before. It's something. It's somebody that we. We watched play for four years, right? And um, from right down the road, he's a Mississippi guy. Went to Ocean Springs High School, I believe. That's correct. Um, and so, uh, just super good dude, super positive guy. He's one of those guys who, like, years from now, I could really see him being a head coach at possibly somewhere like Southern Miss. And he and and I'm just I'm just tickled to death that he can actually get a not. I mean, he was already coaching, but when your offensive quality control. It doesn't have quite the pizzazz as wide receivers, wide receivers coach, I don't think. So uh, it's good to see him just keep on moving up the ladder, man. Just keep on going, and, and the sky's the limit for that dude. 
Well, let's get to our guests this week. You have another visit with uh, Louisiana Tech writer Corey Diaz. Yeah, uh, Corey uh, joined me today, and I mean, you talk about a guy who's been busy. They have the, the uh, not only did they have all the all the guys out with with COVID, and he's been trying to cover that and trying to do it all, you know, at a safe distance and everything. And then on top of that, you know, you throw in a hurricane in the mix of all that. Hurricane Laura came through, and then today they have their um, uh, athletic director uh, take a new job. And not to mention, Corey also does high school sports. He does grambling. He writes for like two or three different papers. So this dude's all over the map. He was kind enough to take uh, 15 or 20 minutes with us today, and, and and we sure appreciate it. So this is game two coming up this Saturday. Southern Miss taking on Louisiana Tech here at The Rock. Let's go to it, Jason, with Corey Diaz. All right, on the line with us now, our good friend Corey Diaz. Of course, you can read his columns. He is a reporter for the Monroe News Star, as well as the Street Fort Times, I think, and uh, and probably everywhere in between um, with everything that's going on in the world of sports in the state of Louisiana, uh, specifically that northern section of Louisiana right there. Uh, you guys have heard him on here before, but if you want to go read his stuff, he's a hell of a writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Corey Diaz underscore TNS. Of course, we have Louisiana Tech coming up this weekend. At least we think so. Fingers crossed. So we thought we would get in touch with Corey and get his thoughts on um, uh, everything that's been going on and possibly, you know, if we get to play the game this weekend, how he thinks that's going to turn out. So without further ado, Corey, what's happening, brother? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, good friend, uh, you know, at the top, man. Uh, I've really appreciated, um, you know, not only coming on your guys' show and, and spending some time with you guys, um, you know, talking football, but uh, really got to know you guys over the last couple of years, man. It's been really fun to, to be able to do that. And, um, you know, I always enjoy, you know, football conversations or life conversations. I've, I've enjoyed it. So uh, appreciate you having me on uh, again today, man. Absolutely, man. I really enjoyed last year coming, uh, coming to the Tech game and, who was it? It was me, my buddy Keith, my buddy um, Kevin was there, and I think our wives were there. We met you at a little bar after the game, and even though we lost, man, it was super fun time. It's a nice little area you guys have right on the, I guess, what is that, the south side of campus right there? Yeah, I'm just trying to remember what. <laughs> I've never had someone ask me the, the directional of <laughs> where downtown Ruston is located from uh from campus, I, you know, I actually want to say downtown might be uh, slightly east okay. gotcha. of, um, of of the campus there at Louisiana Tech. But yeah, man, uh, you know, um, you know, I would always recommend to you know to your listeners, um, you know, the, the Southern Miss faithful, you know, if they ever get an opportunity to, um, you know, maybe catch a football game over in the Ruston area, then you know, by all means, please, uh, you know, shave off a little time for yourself to, to spend downtown Ruston, uh, some really good restaurants to, to eat at down there. And, and, uh, you know, if you, if you enjoy, uh, you know, an adult beverage or two, uh, there's some, some really nice places to, uh, to consume those too. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so let's get right into it, man. You know, for those that, that may not know, um, after the storm, um, after, uh, the, the hurricane that came through, um, the Lake Charles area kind of weaved its way up uh, through you guys, and that affects a lot of people on the football team. A lot of those football players went back to their house. They had to try to help clean up and stuff like that. When they come back, uh, several um, to the tune of, I think, around 38 players. Um, last report I saw, 
um, maybe COVID related and injury related, uh, you know, had, had either gotten the virus or, you know, we're, we're going to be out for this weekend and 38 players. That's a lot of players. It's like half your football team. So, um, give us the update on that. Uh, as far as when these guys might be coming back, have they been tested again? Um, and maybe the chances you think that maybe, you know, we, we play this game this weekend. Sure. Yeah. Um, I believe it was the, you know, the morning of August 27th, um, you know, at the time uh, when Hurricane Laura showed up to the uh, north end of Louisiana, you know, she was still a hurricane. You know, she was category one. I think, uh, you know, here in my house, um, you know, in Monroe, you know, I vividly remember that morning sitting at my, uh, you know, table in my kitchen, you know, there's a window right in front of it. And I, you know, I could see tree limbs just blowing all over the place, falling on power lines. You could, you could hear trees snapping and falling on people's houses. It was a really surreal, um, very visceral, uh, experience. Um, you know, I've been in a hurricane before back in 1995 and I was living back home, uh, just right outside Montgomery, Alabama, hurricane Opal came through and she was a pretty strong storm too. But, you know, I was, I think I was maybe eight years old. So I don't really remember that one too well. Um, but, yeah, you, you know, you mentioned kind of the numbers there. So, uh, so roughly, you know, Louisiana Tech has about 50 players, um, you know, mostly all of them, of course, upperclassmen, uh, who, uh, re- reside in, on off-campus, you know, apartments, homes, some form of dwellings, you know, and, um, you know, in the aftermath of, of the hurricane, uh, back on the 27th, um, right around 95% of the city of Ruston's electrical grid was down. Um, so basically what that equated to was, um, pretty much all of the kids uh, on Louisiana Tech's football team that lived off campus did not have electricity, didn't have running water, uh, didn't have, you know, your, your normal everyday life amenities available to them for, uh, at least a full week. And so, um, you know, obviously instead of, you know, trying to survive, you know, in the, in the August summer heat, you know, in Louisiana where, you know, it's 98 degrees outside and, you know, you probably have a heat index of 110 and you're sitting in your house and it's probably 90 degrees inside your house. You know, these, these kids would um, either go to, you know, other friends that maybe not have been on the football team that also live off campus and may have been fortunate enough to have power. Or I know the university itself uh, was fortunate enough to not lose power. So, uh, you know, a lot of these kids, would go to some of their uh, younger teammates' dorms on campus, um, you know, spend time there. And I'm sure, you know, you get in those situations, you know, you're, you're inside kind of a confined, closed space with, you know, with other kids that, you know, are not on the football team and you don't know how they've been sort of trying to protect themselves or anything like that. And so, you know, as a result of all that, uh, in, in the three tests um, following uh, Hurricane Laura, um, and all three tests combined, uh, Louisiana Tech had 36 players test positive for COVID-19. Um, but that's also not including, uh, you know, your contact trace guys, which I think um, there was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 10 to 14 guys that were going to be have to they were going to have to self quarantine uh, due to you know uh, possible exposure to the coronavirus. Uh, so at that point, you know, you're looking at, you know, 50 guys who are going to be out. And then on top of that, you add another eight to 10 guys who are already, uh, you know, not not practicing or whatnot due to various injuries. So you're looking at roughly, you know, 60 guys uh, who are not going to be eligible to play, um, you know, in the Baylor game had it happened. 
And, uh, you know, we met with Skip, you know, last Wednesday, um, you know, following the, the announcement of the postponement of the Baylor game. And, and uh, you know, he kind of, he even kind of broke the numbers down to us a little more than that. You know, he said if they would have even attempted to play, they would have had 47, 47 total players available. Um, and only 38 of those guys were scholarship players. So mm. you're going to have, they were, would have had to load the bus up with nine walk-ons. Um, and then, you know, obviously kind of even looking a little deeper into that, that 38 number there of the scholarship players that would have been available, you're looking at four quarterbacks, you know, and then uh, uh, I think some of the, uh, I think the, I want to say the running back room was, was pretty safe. Uh, but there had been some, you know, some contact trace issues along the offensive line. Uh, he said the defensive line was hit heavily, um, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the depth with, with the numbers and whatnot. Um, so it was just, I mean, you know, he said he looked down at his depth chart Tuesday night and, and, you know, did all this, you know, scratching off. And he's just like, man, there's just no way we can play this game, you know, because at that point it becomes a safety issue because, mm-hmm. you know, these these kids, you know, it hasn't been a normal year. So, you know, they're, they're not, you know, and I think we've kind of seen this over the last couple of weeks in college football around the country is that, you know, the, these teams and these players aren't, aren't conditioned the way they have been in the past. You know, they're, they're not right now. These, these players aren't equipped to, um, you know, run 80 straight plays, you know, 80 straight snaps in a football game. You know, these, these kids are going to need breathers and they're going to need time on the sideline to catch their breath and, um, you know, with only 47 guys, there was just, there was absolutely no way that that would have been possible. And so, um, it, it, the last I've heard, I had some sources tell me, uh, yesterday afternoon, um, that, uh, you know, Louisiana Tech was able to return to the practice field last night, Sunday night. Um, now the, now that we have shifted out of fall camp, um, Louisiana Tech's kind of handling the, uh, release of, um, their COVID-19 uh, numbers and, uh, you know, things of that nature. Uh, they're no longer really getting into the specifics of, you know, how many tests have been administered, uh, you know, what number of positives may have come out of it, um, you know, how many players may have to be uh, quarantining due to contact trace. You know, they have been doing that for us, but they're no longer going to do that. So I wasn't able to uh, get anyone to tell me, the exact number of players that Louisiana Tech had been able to get back. Skip was speculating uh, last week that by Sunday, uh, you know, it was possible that they could get up to 30 guys back. So if you if you do the math there, say they did get 30 back, so that's 47 plus 30, so that's 77. That's you know, with the you know the roster, the travel roster maximum of 70. I mean, you've you've got enough guys to play a game. So. Um, I, I know they're. I know they. Um, I know we're we're going to give a shot, man. Um, sure. You know, I think um, you know these next couple of. T- I know they tested yesterday. They test every Sunday. Um, they'll test again tomorrow on Tuesday, um, and I think the third test of the week will be Friday, which would be the day before the game. Um, and I go ahead and say, man, you know, look, if 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 the numbers are good coming out of these next uh, these next two tests. Uh, there's two left to go, but you know, obviously they got to get the results back from the one that they did yesterday on Sunday. If if the numbers are good, man, we're gonna be um, we're gonna be playing football in Hattiesburg on Saturday. Well, that's news to my ears. Um, you know, it, at that point, I guess with with everybody, I mean, the first thing you want is the safety, right? You want all these all these kids to be safe. You want them to be well, 
uh, you know, to be COVID free, not only for their sake, but for our sake too. Um, once they, once they get on the bus and, and come to Hattiesburg. Um, so I, I guess, and you mentioned, and as of this recording, this today is Monday the 14th. So as of this recording, you mentioned that they had the test yesterday. I think you said they'll have one tomorrow. I, I guess like at what point, like if we had to play today, the game wouldn't happen. So at what point do you think it will be like the point of no return? Is it, is it, is it tomorrow being Tuesday the 15th? Is it Wednesday the 16th? Do you take it all the way to Friday and make that call to, uh, to Southern Miss saying, Hey, we're good to go. Uh, yeah, you know, this was, that was one of the, um, you know, one of the questions that I had for, um, Tommy McClellan, the athletic director here at Louisiana Tech, uh, last week, uh, in the aftermath of the, you know, the Baylor game, uh, postponement announcement. Um, you know, and I kind of asked them because, you know, that game, uh, you know, they announced the postponement on Tuesday night. And, and so I asked him the following day, you know, you know, when, when we look at next week, you know, potentially trying to travel to Hattiesburg to play Southern Miss, you know, is Tuesday kind of your cutoff date? Is that a target date for, you know, you know, when you get these test results back and you're looking at the numbers and you're looking at a depth chart, is Tuesday kind of your, you know, your your point of no return? And and what Tommy told me, and I, and I found this, you know, kind of fascinating, um, was that, you know, he said they, you know, they don't have target dates. You know, it, we could, Jason, we could literally get to Friday um and you know if, if the numbers aren't good you know the the game could be you know postponed the day before um and, and part of the and part of the reason for that is is uh here recently in the last couple of weeks um you know Louisiana Tech changed you know labs of where they were sending their their covid-19 screenings off to and and uh from from what i understand the 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 process of getting those results back has been uh much quicker uh than the than the previous lab they have been using so now um it takes anywhere from uh 24 to 36 hours for Louisiana Tech to uh get their test results back and so um and so really like i said you know when you when you when you take that into account um you know you really probably could uh wait up until friday um you know because i think you know yeah, you t- you test all your available players on the on the same day. Like like Louisiana Tech will test all their available players tomorrow, which will be Tuesday. Um, you know, and say it takes 36 hours, so you're looking at Thursday before you get those results back. But there's probably some you know some of those other outlying guys who maybe are um, maybe are, are attempting to come off uh, say a 14 day contact trace, you know, self quarantine. And mm-hmm. so those guys may not, may not test on Tuesday. You know, they may test you know on Wednesday. You know. And so, um, yeah, so, I mean, that, I hope that answers your question. It, it's kind of, it's really just a, it's really a day-to-day thing, man. And, and yeah. um, you know, like I said, we, I mean, we could get to Friday and the, the numbers from Sunday and Tuesday could be great, but, but maybe the, you know, maybe the test, you know, after that could not be great. So um, it, it's all touch and go, man. You know, I think we've, we've seen this a lot. Uh, just in the first couple of weeks of the season with, with the multitude of schools so far. And, um, you know, this situation won't be the last that we see this year for sure. So, um, but yeah, you know, um, yeah, I know you and I talked on the phone late last week and, and I, I probably had a very bleak outlook, uh, on whether or not this game was going to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I feel a little more optimistic today than I did say four or five days ago. Um, 
I, I think I think we stand a good shot to um, you know to have Louisiana Tech get on the buses and, and ride over to Hattiesburg and, and play on Saturday. Good deal. And and last question on that front, and then we'll kind of get to what we think of what's going to happen, what's going to happen with the game. But <clears throat> I guess you know uh, even though these guys are sitting out and they've come back and they're test negative and and uh, maybe they never showed signs or whatever, never had symptoms. Um, I guess my next question is uh, if these guys are sitting just kind of on the couch, you know, quarantining for. 10 days, 12 days, 14 days, whatever it might be. Uh, you know, at that point, I mean, if he does decide like on Friday and nobody has practiced until then, or, you know, some of the guys are going to play in the game hadn't practiced until then. I mean, how comfortable do you think coach would be? I mean, just setting them and setting them and setting them and setting them and then saying, all right, uh, pads and a helmet, you know, go get them boys. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, look, that's a, that, that's a huge concern, right? Um, you know, again, and that that was a that was a big factor in, in you know Skip calling Tommy you know last Tuesday and and saying hey um, you know we 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 can't go to Waco Texas this weekend this weekend it's it's just not safe for us you know um, because I mean I do know that you know the strength and conditioning coach uh, Kurt Hester um, one of the best in the business uh, to be perfectly honest with you um, super super good guy and he's incredibly intelligent as great as what he does you know while these kids are um you know having to sit you know in quarantine there's they'll they're still working out they're still doing uh like workouts at home um you know kurt's got them doing um you know various things with conditioning um you know just just small things that they can you know do on their own time to at least from a, a physical shape standpoint you know to stay in shape sure. but you and i both know jason like you know running 100 yard sprints is one thing but you know putting on a helmet and shoulder pads and knee pads and going out there and taking, you know, uh, you know, if you're a running back taking shots, you know, every play, uh, that's a completely different animal. And so, yeah, you know, you, you, you have a big concern about the, um, you know, the soft tissue, uh, injuries, you know, like a, like a hamstring or, uh, you know, something along those lines. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if you were to ask even some of the coaches, like say, a, you know, Texas state's coach who's played two games already, or, um, you know, uh, South Alabama, who's played two games already. Um, you know, I, I think those coaches would share that same uh, that same sentiment, right? You know, it, it, coming into this, it was you just you really just didn't know what was going to happen, and you just you're really almost just kind of um, you know just crossing all your uh, fingers and toes, and and you know just hoping that everything goes okay. You know, hoping you can get out of a game with everyone completely healthy. So, um, but, but there is concern. Um, you know, you just Skip just has to hope that um, you know, his, his guys can can um, can sort of uh, respond to you know taking those first couple weeks of the game, and then obviously from a depth standpoint, if you've got guys that um, that can come in and, and and play, you know, I think something that you'll probably see on Saturday, at least from Louisiana Tech, is you'll probably see a lot of guys play. Mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't think you'll see. I don't think their participation chart will only have 40 guys on it. I, I think if they have 70 that's eligible to play, I, I, I would be willing to bet 60 to 65 of them will, will play in the game on Saturday. So, and, and obviously that the reason you do that is is to try to cut down on the chances of, of you know someone getting uh, you know a pulled hamstring or, or something like that. You know, so um, yeah, I, I think I think we'll see a lot of guys uh, get in the game, get some snaps. Um, and, um, you know, there's be a lot of rotating. And so, um, 
yeah, there's concern, but, um, you know, look, this is college football, right? You know, this is the money maker. This is why we're trying to do this during a pandemic. I mean, we're going to look, if there's a way to play, we're going to play. <laughs> cool. Yeah, no doubt. Well, well, let's talk about the game, man. Um, you mentioned some of it there, but <clears throat> anybody who's watched uh, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss over the last few years knows that, you know, I mean, thank goodness J. Mar Smith is gone uh, for our sake. <laughs> uh, longtime QB there. Um, and, you know, he made, I remember he made that one play last year. We had him sacked, and he just basically threw up a prayer, I thought, but just threw it on a rope uh, from about midfield to, like, the three-yard line, and it kind of won the game for you. Um, so he's gone. Um, what is the uh, quarterback situation looking like? Man, I, you know, I still think, I mean, obviously we haven't, um, you know, due to uh, COVID-19 uh, issues and whatnot, obviously have not been able to um, get out to practice, um, you know, here kind of recently. But, uh, you know, it, it it's, to me, it, it's as wide open as, as it's been, you know, and this is, I think this is the deep that a quarterback competition in Louisiana Tech since Skip Holtz has taken over in 20, uh, 2013 this is as deep as it's ever gone in fall camp. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Aaron Allen, the redshirt sophomore who, uh, you know, who came in in relief of Jamar when he was serving his two game suspension last year. Um, I, he's had a really great camp. You know, he, I think he's, he's improved a lot. I think, um, you know, what I've seen uh, out of Aaron that's looked better this year is I think uh, what he's able to do pre-snap has been really beneficial for him. Uh, you know, he also put on 10 pounds of muscle during the off season and you can, you can tell it just by looking at him. He's much bigger. He's conditioned his body to, um, you know, uh, cause he's more of a mobile quarterback and likes to run around a little bit. You know, if he's taking shots, he's conditioned his body to where he'll be able to sustain that. Uh, you know, and then you've got the, you know, the graduate transfer from Abilene Christian and Luke Anthony, who, who I, again, had another, uh, another guy that's had a really strong camp. And, um, I think, Something that's been really impressive with Luke so far has been he's really come in, you know, obviously uh, with no offseason um, training with the team and things of that nature. Uh, you know, the first time he steps on the field with the team is the first day of fall camp. And I think from, you know, from day one of fall camp till now, man, the way he's been able to garner the respect of his teammates, uh, I think first in Skip Holtz's eyes, I think that's been something that's really stuck out. Um, you know, and, and he's got the, you know, he's got the talent too, right? You know, he's got the big arm. It's probably not quite as strong as Jamar Smith's, but he does have a big arm and, uh, he's deceptively quick too. He's got speed, you know, when he has to tuck, he can, you know, he can pick up those yards and, uh, he's just a, his football IQ is really high. And, um, you know, I think that was probably one of the big reasons why they had to, you know, they wanted to go out and add him to this roster as a graduate transfer. Obviously, they know there was a need at quarterback, but you, you don't want to get the wrong guy. And I think they identified Luke as the guy that they really wanted in their program. And, uh, you know, and for him to come in and, um, you know, not only, you know, study the playbook on his own time, but be able to, to come out on the practice field and, and execute the calls and, uh, you know, be a guy that, you know, can make those plays. You know, I've seen him throw a bunch of balls in the tight windows. You know, it's almost kind of has a little, <laughs> just other Miss fans will appreciate this. Got a little Brett Favre in him, you know. Look out. Um, <laughs> so I, I think, okay, so here's what's going to happen on Saturday from my vantage point. We're going we're gonna to see both quarterbacks play. And I think we'll see both, they'll both play um, meaningful snaps. You know, one's not going to play until the game's maybe out of hand or something that the others will come. I think they're both, uh, we'll play very meaningful snaps, and, and then I anticipate, you know, Skip will probably 
really have an idea of who his quarterback is going forward will be um, maybe at the end of this game on Saturday. Cool. Uh, very good information there. Um, and the other guy I wanted to mention outside of J. Moore, just the guy that I, I remember off the top of my head, is the guy that you brought up uh, when we did our interview last year. Um, you told me how awesome he was, and then he kind of single-handedly beat us, I thought. Uh, it was a guy named Amik Robertson. Uh, he's playing in the NFL now. Um, so that guy's gone. That's super-duper good news for USM. Um, so who is his replacement? I mean, how do you replace a guy with, with that much ability? Yeah, you know, I I don't think it's just good news for Southern Miss. I think it's good news for the rest of Conference USA. You know, I think – I really do think in the last three years, I think Amik Robertson is probably overall top to bottom, you know, pound for pound, probably the best player in the league the last three years. So I know there's a lot of teams out there that are really excited that he's no longer suiting up for Louisiana Tech. Um, but, yeah, you know, um, here's what's interesting – so yeah, you know, you lost the uh, you know the two-time All-American cornerback in Amik, but you also lost your other starting cornerback as well, and Michael Sam. So both of your cornerback positions uh, on Louisiana Tech's defense this year are going to be uh, first-time starters. Uh, they're going to have one guy by the name of Zach Hannibal um, that will be starting. Uh, he's been in the program for several years. He's actually a local high school product out here from Washita Parish High School. Um, and then your other guy, um, and really. Uh, from everything that I've observed during fall camp so far, I would kind of put this kid uh, up near the top of my list in terms of guys that have impressed me the most. Uh, his name is Roger Calhoun. Uh, he is a sophomore cornerback, uh, and he's he's very similar to a meek in, in stature. You know, he's he's five eight, uh, about one eighty five, which is exactly what uh, you know a meek looked like from a from a physical standpoint. You know, and he kind of plays the game similar, uh, similarly to Amik as well. You know, he's very physical, which I think we all remember that big hit that Amik had in the Southern Miss game last year. And, um, you know, he, he plays physical. Uh, he has great uh, ball instincts, especially when the ball is in the air and thrown his way. Um, I think he's a guy that, um, you know, he wants to be challenged. Uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen both quarterbacks, uh, you know, really test them throughout several practices so far this, this fall camp. And, uh, more times than not, man, even with him lined up against, you know, a taller receiver, you know, you know, Tech's got, you know, some some really tall guys on the outside, like an Adrian Hardy, who's 6'4", and an Isaiah Graham, who is 6'3", and, and Broderick's been able to, um, you know, really hold his own against those guys and, and those battles. And so uh, I, I really anticipate, um, I mean, look, it's not going to be to the to the level of Amik Robertson right away, of course. I mean, I think I think Amik Robertsons are, uh, you know, kind of once-in-generation players. Um, but, you know, this is a guy that I think can uh, can really come in and, and hold his water, man. I, I think, you know, it, it's not just the it's not just the cornerbacks, you know. I mean, they, they pretty much lost their entire starting secondary, you know. You know, Logarius Needs now with the Kansas City Chiefs, and he had a phenomenal game in his first uh, first game out in the NFL, you know. And, um, you know, you're having to replace, you know, safeties. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be – it's going to be a challenge, and then on top of that, you throw in, you know, uh, Skip hired a new defensive coordinator after the departure of Bob Diaco to Purdue. They hired David Blackwell from Old Dominion, and uh, you know he comes in at the end of January, and and uh, you know we don't get spring practice. So um, I think I think a lot of the things uh, that that Tech will do against Southern Miss schematically, you know, will not be very exotic. You know, I think it'll be very simple calls, um, just because I know they're still 
you know, they're still trying to get the in and outs of, of, of David's scheme, you know, down. Um, so this game, this game coming early in the year, you know, it's interesting that, you know, your first game is a conference game and it's a game that matters. Um, so, you know, I think to kind of take the pressure off of the situation, you know, with those, um, you know, those young guys on the defense, you know, you're going to have to, you know, make calls really simple and you're going to have to kind of, you know, stay in your base probably as much as possible. And, um, you know, try just try to put your guys in the, in the position to, to make the play, you know, at the end. So it's going to be interesting, man. There's a lot, there's a ton of question marks, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, it's going to be, they're going to be challenged. You know, Jack Abraham has been over there for a couple of years now. He knows that offense in and out and um, it's going to be a challenge for sure. Yeah. Well, well, you say he knows the offense, but you know, at Southern Miss, that's what we do. Like, like every single year we change offensive coordinators and we just, just so happen to make a co-offensive coordinator, our head coach, which everybody's fired up about. But uh, so, so now, <laughs> so now I guess you could say, I mean, even though we have the same offensive coordinator, uh, I know we're going to do some tempo stuff now. I know we're going to um, – I, I don't know what this first time is going to look like. Uh, he's got like a week and a half to put in whatever he can possibly put in a week and a half. But I guess you could say now this would be Jack's fourth offensive coordinator in three years. I mean, that's crazy to say. But anyway, um, so and, – and, and thanks for all that information there, especially about the uh, backs. I, I wrote down here Hannibal and Calhoun. That's some straight up Louisiana Louisiana names right there. I can't decide if it's like a like a like a tag team, you know, or yeah, sounds like a law firm. It does. It sounds just like a law firm, Hannibal Calhoun. I don't know what the tagline would be, but it would be something cool. Um, well, cool, man. Just one more question for you before we get you out of here. Um, saw a report today, and I'm sure you've been super duper busy the entire day, uh, where your athletic director uh, just took a job at Vandy, I believe. So. Um, what in the world's going on there? Not that we don't have all of our weird news going on in Hattiesburg, but that seems like a, uh, that seems like a, just a weird thing to happen. Just, you know, not, not even one game into the football season for you guys, huh? Yeah, no, it, it is, um, really, really, really interesting timing on this. Um, you know, uh, what's funny is, you know, we get the announcement this morning that, you know, Tommy's. Tommy's leaving at the end of the month and, and taking the uh, deputy athletic director's uh, position for, um, I believe it's uh, revenue generation uh, and external affairs, you know, at Vanderbilt. And, um, you know, he'll start out there in October and, um, you know, and then just a couple hours later, you know, we, we get an announcement of, of Louisiana Tech adding BYU onto the 2020 football schedule. So it's just been a really, it's been a really weird day, you know, and, and I spent some time this afternoon, uh, talking with uh, Louisiana Tech University president Les Geis, and um, you know that was one of the questions I had for him, Jason. I was like, you know, how I mean, how concerning is it, you know, with the timing of this, and uh, you know, not only is are we looking at, uh, you know, the the first of October with your athletic director position being open, but you're also having to figure out how to how to do this, how to search for an athletic director during during a pandemic. You know, how, how does this change things? What are, what are your expectations of it? Um, you know, what are the challenges of this going to be? And, um, you know, I think there's, I mean, there's a little bit of uncertainty, um, you know, around, you know, kind of how this search is going to play itself out. Um, but I thought Les did bring up an interesting point, you know, in saying that, you know, there's, there's probably um, a good number of, of current uh, athletic directors out there right now. Um, who, who maybe, maybe their football programs right now aren't playing, you know, football. And, 
uh, you know, obviously fall sports uh, have been pushed back, you know, thanks to the NCAA. And so, um, you know, there, there could, there could be an interesting pool of candidates for this job, you know, people that are kind of, um, you know, maybe fed up with, uh, you know, kind of what they're having to deal with current at their current job and maybe looking for a fresh start. And um, it's going to be interesting because, um, you know, you've had, you've had Tommy in the position since uh, July 1 of 2013. And, um, you know, so there's been a lot of stability, you know, within the, um, you know, the athletic department, which, you know, for schools, especially the group of five schools, you know, anytime that you can have that continuity like that, it's huge, you know, and I think, you know, uh, Louisiana Tech is a program that's, um, you know, it's kind of shown what the benefits of that can be, right? You know, where, uh, you know, the football program has won six straight bowl games, which is the longest active streak in the nation. And, um, you know, the baseball program is, um, you know, probably set up right now to be um, Southern. <laughs> your listeners may like this, but I, I think I think Louisiana Tech may be the favorites to, to win the Conference USA Baseball uh, League next year, you know? And so it's like, Uh-oh. you know, there's there's been... A, yeah, I know. Hot take, and I'm sorry. I hope I hope I get a lot of angry emails from that. That'll be great. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, you know it, it's um, you know fundra- fundraising is going to be a huge thing, right? You know you're gonna you're gonna need to hire someone that's going to be able to come in uh, and generate a lot of enthusiasm and excitement, um, you know, within the fan base and and within the donor base uh, to be able to, to continue to raise money. And and tech has done a great job you know, with raising money under Tommy and, um, you know, the next person that they settle on is, is, is not only going to have to come in and do as good a job as Tommy with that, they're going to probably have to do a better job. And so, um, you know, Les told me today that, uh, you know, he'd love to have somebody uh, hired and, and in the AD spot, uh, you know, before basketball season starts, which will be, you know, kind of middle of November. And, um you know, but, you know, he said, he said too, he's like, look, we're not going to rush it. You know, we want to make sure we find the right person. So um, to to answer your original question, yeah, I I do think there is some concern, um, you know, that this spot's coming open at at this point in the year uh, because you don't really see this very often. Um, But I think that, I think there is an opportunity for, you know, um, for Louisiana tech, you know, if they get that right person, you know, it could it could end up uh, being a big win for them in the long run. Sure. Well, well, I'll tell you this: if you guys need any tips on like how to set up the room for a press conference or anything like that, you can go ahead and give us a call because I think Southern Miss has it pretty much down to a science at this point. <laughs> um, but anyway, man. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. I know you've been writing and doing all your stuff all day and dealing with the, with presidents and you know stuff like that that I never get to deal with. Um, but uh. People that are listening out there, just remember you can go, uh, you can follow Corey at Corey Diaz underscore TNS. Uh, he is a damn fine writer. Uh, go read his stuff at the News Star, at the Shreveport Times. He also uh, is the beat writer for Grambling, I believe, and covers high school sports. And I can't believe you made time for us today, but I really appreciate it, buddy. And um, look forward to the next time we can get together. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to hit you guys up if uh, if the bosses send me out to Hattiesburg this weekend. If so, we'll have to link up. You got it, brother. All right, that was Corey Diaz, and as we mentioned, the big game coming up this Saturday: Southern Miss 0-1 on the year, taking on Louisiana Tech 0-0 on the year in Hattiesburg at the Rock. This Saturday, September 19th, 2020, that game is going to be at 6.30 p.m. on 
ESPN2. So if you can't make it to The Rock, this will be a nationally televised game. I believe, like I said last week, this is the first uh, home game on ESPN2 since Cal back in 2004. Here is a fun tidbit about that game, Jason. Do you know who the uh, one of the commentators for the game Saturday night is going to be? For this game? Yes. Um, no, I do not. I thought you were going to ask me the trivia question about who the sideline guy was back in the day for Cal. And I know the answer to that one, but you've stumped me on this one. Who, okay, I was I was on the sideline near that guy. Who was that guy? It was the dude from uh, Counting Crows, right? Right, that was him. Yeah, that but what was it? What's his name? Adam something? Mr. Jones, maybe. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, how cool is that? And how random? And you know, the night before that game, do you know who the band was that played at Friday night at the Fountain when it actually was at the Fountain? Uh, King Conga. It was. Cowboy Mouth, my friend. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my favorite right. band in the world. They played the night before. Um, we really thought that Southern Miss was going to kick ass that weekend, and it did not happen. But we we, we showed up and played pretty good. And that, that was Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, still the quarterback. Yeah. And that's when I was the mic man, so I was hosting those Pepperellis back in the day at the Fountain. Wow. Wow. So yeah. I think I actually have you on tape. You probably do, actually. Uh, well, I mean, we're not getting to that. But anyways, the. <laughs> If this so this guy he um he had a long 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 time job at ESPN and doesn't have it right now apparently. Um, well, it's not Dan Patrick. It's not it's Mike and Mike and Mike. It's Mike Golick. He's doing Mike Golick's the, coming to this game. He's doing the analyst really? job for this game on Saturday night. Wow! According to the press release that came out today. What restaurant does Mike Golick pick for the night before? Hmm. You got to go Robert St. John in that situation, I think. Well, you know, most of those—I mean, most of those dudes are kind of hung up on Letha's, so that wouldn't shock me. If I don't even if they're open yet or whatever, they moved. But yeah, hmm. Letha's in the old location, probably. Letha's in the old location would probably be a lock. Positive about the new location. So, but yeah, Mike Golick is on the broadcast crew for this game Saturday night, so that's kind of fun. Well, that is super cool. That is a uh, that was unexpected, and I sure hope he has some good stuff to talk about Southern Miss with. <laughs> Southern Miss leads the all-time series against Louisiana Tech, 35 wins to 16 losses. Of course, the last meeting was last year, a 45 to 30 loss in Ruston. Now, I don't know if Vegas has posted a line yet. I haven't seen anything on their sites, but. Some of the offshore sites yesterday had us as a three and a half point favorite. I look at ESPN right when we started this, and ESPN has us as a five point favorite right now, which, given the circumstances, is very strange. It, uh, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But, you know, with Louisiana Tech having over 50 players out with COVID at some point last week, and their game against Baylor getting called off. You know, and this is this is today. This is before the hurricane, so you don't know if Hurricane Sally is affecting any practice or preparation with Southern Miss at this point. So right now they have us. I mean, yesterday we were a three and a half point favorite. That was on all the offshore sites, and that was also on ESPN. And right now on ESPN, it has us as a five point favorite. So yeah, very very odd. Well, one good thing we have going for us is uh, that we have uh, you know a lot of returners right on offense, including our quarterback, a senior guy, and, and you go up against you know Louisiana Tech, who uh, you know as everybody heard with Corey right there, not 
positive, like, you know, which, who's going to start, who's going to play the most. Uh, so, and, and that goes for the de- defensive backfield as well. So um, the good thing for us is that, you know, they're missing guys that have hurt us in the past, like Jamar Smith and Amik Robertson. Um, and and I, I don't know, I, I guess the bad thing, I, I can't imagine how hard it would be to handicap this game. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a clue. If somebody asked me, should I, should I throw down for this one? No, yeah, I don't. I, yeah. I, I haven't got a, I haven't got a clue, and I'm not sure if this is on the recording or not that Corey and I did, but he's not real sure what they're going to look like. They still haven't played a game yet. Yeah. So, uh, it's 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 going to be odd. This is a 2020 game straight up. Well, I, if they don't have a make Robertson last year, I think we win that game. Right. Uh, he was he was a superstar, two time All American. You know, just. One of the best players that's been around the league. So it's good to see him gone. Um, where did he go? I believe he's with the Raiders. Okay. I believe he's with the Raiders. He'll be there for a while. Dude can flat out ball. I'm sure glad he's gone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, as you mentioned earlier, it's, it's, it's a time of tumult for these guys. We can certainly relate. Uh, their AD is... I don't know if he's stepping down at the end. I mean, he's stepping down, but I don't know how, if he's working this through the rest of the week or what. But then you have – they were affected by Hurricane Laura. Then you have, you know, over 50 players test positive for COVID. So their practices have – you know, they, they haven't got to practice. They're supposed to play this week. You know, you, you can't practice unless you have enough players to practice, and that's quite a chunk of players out. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, it's there's definitely just a lot up in the air right now. And uh, hopefully we get to have some football this weekend. There's a lot of there's a lot of factors in play. That's for sure. Um, Mother Nature and you know COVID and but I tell you this when I talked to Corey at the end of last week um, I was I think I texted you and Shane uh, you know I, I think there was probably less than a fifty percent chance that he thought we were going to play and um, you know as you heard he he sounds a lot more upbeat about it now so. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when these, when this next round of tests comes back and if they start getting waves of players and they get up around that 70 mark, 70 travels. So I don't see them coming to town with, you know, 35 guys on a bus. Uh, but, um, but, you know, if they can get up, if they can get anywhere near, um, then, then they're definitely going to make the trip. I mean, they want to play. Everybody wants to do it. There's, you know, there's also a lot of financial ramifications on, on playing, right? Especially his ESPN two game, so um, I, I I think if, I think if it's safe for everybody and they're ready to go and they have the numbers, even though the guys haven't been on the field conditioned, uh, they've been doing conditioning through their trainer uh, on their own. So I thought that they had just been like sitting on the couch eating potato chips, but apparently that's not how it goes down. <laughs> they still give them a regimen. They still have a, a a spot I think where they can go like run or whatever. Or, you know, you can still get outside or something. So they've still been doing stuff. Uh, which makes which would make me feel a little bit better as a coach, knowing that you know you're not just saying go get them, Tiger, after sitting on the couch for two weeks. So, um, if this game can get played, this game's going to get played. Some other games from last weekend of interest. These are the the opponents that we have on our schedule. Uh, the big game was Tulane in South Alabama. Tulane ends up winning that game, 27 to 24. Came back and uh, was going to punt with about a minute and a half left, and South Alabama got called with the old leaping call that we got called with at uh, Tennessee a few years back. Mm. And uh, so Tulane was able to get a first down and just run the clock out. 
But uh, Keon, he still looked like Keon. I mean, there were some passes that he threw that were right on the money, and there were some where he had the accuracy of a bottle rocket. Uh, he did some <laughs> with his legs. You know, he was able to run. I mean, he looks a lot like the old Keon, but how Tulane was able to come back in that game and, and when it was uh, on the ground, um, a heck of a running back. And, uh, you know, the quarterback – so South Alabama, I, I really – came from this game thinking, okay, well, maybe we were all wrong about South Alabama. Maybe they're a little better than everybody thought. That quarterback that played at prep, um, he came into the game and, uh, you know, led them to a couple of score lead. And then, you know, they weren't able to hang on at the end. It kind of felt like they had the brakes on, but uh, Tulane bounced back and ended up getting the, getting the W. So I feel a little bit better about the loss last week after seeing the way that South Alabama played in this game. They aren't scared of anybody, are they? No, not at all. Um, I mean, they – good gosh, man. I, I love watching those guys play. I think that, you know, Coach Campbell is getting every ounce out of what he can get out of those players. And it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch that kind of effort and that kind of chip on your shoulder and us against the world. I mean, you know, we got pretty used to watching that kind of effort for the last, I don't know, 25 years or so. So, um, hopefully we can get a little bit back, more of that back uh, on our side moving forward but yeah south alabama is you know you have to give them credit i don't feel quite as i still feel pretty bad i still feel terrible honestly but they're better than i thought they were i thought tulane was going to roll them up by 60 and they probably gave the game away so you know hats off to them i hope at this point it's one of those deals where when you lose you kind of got to hope the other team just dominates the rest of the season at the end of the season you can look back and you can say okay well that wasn't that bad um but but no they play hard and they're well coached and you can tell some other games of interest uh utep the miners fell to the texas longhorns 59 to 3 western kentucky fell to louisville 35 to 21 uh, miami of florida defeated uab 31 to 14 and then utsa with the double overtime victory over Texas State, 51 to 48. So there you have uh, the rest of the opponents that of, of our opponents from this year who were playing football last weekend. Those are their scores. Uh, I got to give a shout out to everybody that had Jason and I on last week. WJTV, the Sports Objective, the Matt Wyatt Show, the Roost Podcast, the Eagle Hour. We had a great time talking with each and every one of you. Uh, Jason, do you have any shout outs for this week? Yeah, um, you know, and I put something out on Twitter just after the Scotty news came out. I thought there was some positivity around the program, and I talked to some people that said they were going to renew their tickets and they didn't think they were before, yada, yada, yada. And so I just tweeted out, if you do any of that thing, if you do anything like that, like if you if you get your Eagle Club membership, if you renew your membership, get season tickets or whatever you do, let me know and I'll give a shout out. And I'm positive that I missed some people, um, but – you know, pretty much like the next day, I had them start rolling in. So I want to give shout outs to each of these guys that I wrote down. Uh, Andy Burleson, he renewed his uh, Eagle Club membership. Uh, I think he lives out of town, so he did not get season tickets. That's totally understandable. But he was he was an Eagle Club. He got out, and now he's back in. So that's really cool. Our good pal Philip Scott. I don't know how he talked Emily into it, but he did. Uh, he's he got this is his first year to have season tickets, so he's a first year uh, season ticket holder. And he went ahead and joined the Eagle Club as well, so that's really awesome. Uh, Coach Justin Mitchell joined the Eagle Club, got that news uh, the day after. And Rand Davidson, he joined the Eagle Club and bought four season tickets. So 
you know, everybody's doing their part. We always talk about having to pull on the rope in the same direction to get this stuff done, and maybe this is a small step towards that. But I wanted to give a shout-out to these guys and thank them from the bottom of my heart because it, it really does make a difference. Big game coming up this Saturday night. And, I, you know, we talked about it last week. We talked about how, for the most part, fans did well. But if you listen to Jeremy McLean on um, – on the Southern Miss podcast or the coaches show last week, he mentioned that they were going to try to, there were some things that like with the crowding in the stands that he wasn't happy about. And I don't know what they're going to do with that, but again, you know, take your precautions this week for the most part, everybody did a great job. We get to watch live football again. We get to watch this exciting, uh, new regime, even though it's a lot of the same regime, there's a, there's a different taste in your mouth getting to watch this brand of golden Eagle football come into the rock. So, and we're on national TV, nationally televised on ESPN2. So what more could you ask for? It's going to be a great weekend. Jason, do you have any final thoughts about the game coming up this weekend? Uh, just looking forward to this tempo. Looking forward to Scotty on the sideline getting all pumped up. Looking uh, looking forward to doing some air high fives with you. And, uh, and yeah, man, just, just, you know, assuming we get through the hurricane as good as we can get through and there's zero flooding at my house, that'll be awesome. And then at the game on this uh, on the weekend, get our first win of the year. Want to know in the conference what's not to be excited about? Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you next week. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>